This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. My next guest is author of a series of articles he's posted on Medium called The Cheater's Guide to Spotify. His name is Peter Slattery, and he joins me now to talk about the schemes that rack up streams, money, and infamy on the popular streaming service. Hello, Peter. Hi there. Nice to be here. So what inspired you to write this series? I mean, at what point did you kind of realize how often or how many different ways people can really game Spotify? Yeah. Okay. So I am an audience uh, development editor at One Zero, which is an in-house uh, medium publication about tech and science. So a big part of that job is just sort of figuring out strategies, posting strategies, how uh, these tech platforms work. So most of that is Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and I'm a Spotify user. Uh, so, you know, the, the impetus for writing this was sort of from a user perspective, uh, from a layperson's perspective, when you run into sort of these weird things on the platform, that doesn't look quite right. That looks kind of spammy. What actually is that? Who's doing it? What's the motivation? Um, just trying to sort of answer those commonly asked questions from a pretty like granular standpoint. Yeah, so you kind of broke down like three different ways people are kind of gaming Spotify. Let's break down each of those. So the first article you wrote as part of this, The Cheater's Guide to Spotify, you were talking about how like some Spotify users create a playlist from, say, like a popular soundtrack. So I think your example was, you know, the Joker soundtrack or something like that. So they would create this playlist of songs that were on this on the soundtrack, but then they would kind of slip in other songs that had nothing to do with the movie. Um, but because it was part of this playlist, a lot of people were listening to these songs that had, you know, no relevance to the soundtrack, just ended up getting a lot more plays because they were just kind of slapped in secretly into this playlist. Can you tell me a little bit more about this loophole and like how it can amplify those songs that slip into these playlists where they don't belong? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good summary. Um Basically, this particular technique, which is sort of gaming playlists, takes advantage of two parts of Spotify's platform. The way its search mechanism is devised and the way playlist uh, user interface appears for listeners. So basically, a playlist created on Spotify, whether it's an official Spotify playlist that their editorial team makes or a playlist made by a label, or a playlist made by some random user, they all look pretty similar. And that's sort of by design to create this sort of flat platform. So basically what users have figured out is if you find a term that there's a lot of audience interest in, so say a movie has recently come out that's really popular. So in the case that I wrote about, it's The Joker. What's a way that you can capture that audience interest that isn't already being done on the platform. So movie soundtracks are an interesting use case where because of rights issues, because some of it's you know made for the movie, some of it's pop songs, sometimes movie soundtracks aren't uploaded to Spotify in the form of a movie soundtrack, Joker soundtrack. So what you can do is basically make a Spotify playlist that says the Joker soundtrack And then SEO optimize it, so put 2019 and then add to the about section with specific terms that people are searching. And you can even swap the cover photo 
from, you know, whatever auto-generated images get put in there with the official Joker pick. And at a glance, it looks the same. So if you create one of these at the right time, some months ahead of the movie dropping, SEO optimize it properly and get lucky and win the search lottery, which in this case a guy did. And when you Google Joker soundtrack Spotify, his user-generated playlist shows up at number one on the results. What you can do then is just there's no rule against putting us anything in a playlist that you make. So you basically then seed that playlist with random things. So in the case I wrote about, it's someone who's running their indie label. They make hundreds of these podcasts of upcoming movie soundtracks, hope one hits the search lottery, and then put artists, random EDM artists within the Joker playlist to basically just boost their streams. And the end goal of this is making a little money. I mean, it seems like you can get tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of streams doing this, which at a third of a penny a stream isn't that much. But I think in this case, the goal is sort of to just make your user profile, make your artist profiles look more compelling. Okay, look, I, I, my, these songs have hundreds of thousands of streams. Now, it's dry streams that are basically you're scamming people to get, but that seems to be the end goal in my estimation. Yeah. It, you know, you're mentioning like SEO, like search engine optimization, you know, this idea that someone will put down a keyword and that's what really will, you know, land them on this playlist. And so something else that you had mentioned is this idea that people release music under a certain artist name that, again, is like really good for search engine optimization. So like, let's say they, you know, upload songs under the name Natural White Noise or Best Nature Sounds or Sleeping. And like, that's the artist name. And then you also create this playlist because, you know, I think as a lot of people know, Spotify creates these different playlists under different moods or genres. So like study or sleep or relaxation. And so if you also upload music under a name that kind of fits that genre too, that also in a way amplifies your music. Can you talk a little bit about just the power in a name too when uploading to Spotify? Basically what people are doing is to get another leg up on making their music found, they are optimizing their very artist name. So, you know, normally if I put out a music, uh, an album of music that's uh, New Age Instrumentals for Sleeping, my artist name might be my name, Peter Slattery, or it might be some moniker I've given myself. And basically people are doing one more SEO optimization which is to change your entire artist's name to what exactly someone is searching. So instead of releasing music as Joe Smith, when your name is actually Joe Smith, you're just going to make your name relaxing music straight up. And so in Spotify's search, there's going to be an artist named relaxing music. And in theory, and this happens to people, you might tell your smart device, hey, play relaxing music and it's just concerned with giving you what you're asking for. So if that seems to be the most relevant data point in Spotify search or your smart device's estimation, it's just going to give you relaxing music, kind of absent how good that relaxing music actually is. Um, so, so it's like basically like it's kind of the way people look for playlists, but instead they're like, we're just going to skip a step and make this like have our name come up in searches rather than just like have the subject come up like in a playlist name. You yeah, know, they're also going to get not only this playlist title, but also an artist title. So we're kind of getting like a double whammy in a way. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it speaks to, you know, that this is being incentivized. So Spotify's strategy, a lot has been written about it uh, in a basic sense. You know, they want to be a, a mood machine. That was one of their taglines at one point, music for any mood. So the the search will reward you for optimizing your music. So why not go the next level and basically over-optimize, just become a creature of Spotify platform only. Yeah. The final kind of cheat that we're going to talk about as part of, you know, your series of Medium, The Cheater's Guide to Spotify, is you were writing about how a lot of people upload a track and say the track features some famous artist when in fact that featured artist is not actually in the song. Can you talk about how you stumbled upon this and how people are kind of using this tactic? Yeah, so this happens frequently. Um, there's an example recently uh, that's been reported on where fans of certain indie bands, uh, one is called Hers, uh, another is called Crumb, super fans are checking the profile pages of their favorite bands on Spotify. And there's a widget, a very prominent widget, when you go to a Spotify artist page that says new release. And you see that and you're like, oh my God, my favorite band. Drop some new music. Very exciting. And users go on that widget and quickly realize, wait a minute, this, this isn't by my favorite artist at all. And so how does that happen? Basically, if you submit fraudulent metadata to Spotify and figure out a way to sneak it through, the algorithm thinks, okay, this song is tagged with the featured artist XYZ. Excellent. Let's put it in all the places we would a real result. Because Spotify as an app doesn't know this is bad music, this is good music. It's just seeing this is tagged as featuring this band of some import. So your A-tier artists appear to be whitelisted for this to some extent. So you're going to have a hard time saying, oh, Justin Bieber is featured on my song. That's not going to make it through. It's not exactly clear why, but a popular band that is not quite a household name, by basically uploading your song to a third-party distributor that is not checking metadata very rigorously, and then that gets filtered onto Spotify, people can game these widgets, get them into auto-generated playlists that are just looking for that featured tag. And it's, it's kind of a bummer because this is a particular problem that's affecting not like household name artists, uh, artists who might not have an extensive team checking their Spotify for artist page every day. And it appears to be an opt-out system. So you get a notification from Spotify for artists that says, hey, you've been featured. And you have to say, no, that I'm not on that. But if you don't catch that, it just goes into the system that is. And it's a very complicated process of then contacting your distributor, which can take weeks to get that song off. So I think it speaks to sort of a, uh, a kind of psychological thing that artists deal with on these streaming platforms where, you know, some artists have fake features constantly showing up on their pages. And there's not a lot they can do about it unless they're very, very rigorously checking their Spotify for Artists notifications. 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of like I know Amazon has gotten some flack for you know this this you know fake products on their website. Like, let's say the Snuggies is really popular right now, and then all of a sudden, you know, another company basically puts out a bunch of fake Snuggies, but you know, asks for full price, and you know, like a lot of these like fake sellers on the site. And it, and, it, and I know that Amazon has had a hard time figuring out like how do we even figure out what's fake and what's not. And with all these instances that you wrote about. In your article, The Cheater's Guide to Spotify, I mean, what have you seen Spotify doing to, like, combat this kind of cheating or gaming system? They have tens of thousands of songs uploaded to the platform every day. And they can pass off concerns about metadata, concerns about spam to the third-party distributors that actually put the song on Spotify. So unlike other platforms where you make a thing, you upload it directly, there's this middleman sort of of the artist makes a song either through their label or through a third-party distributor. They then input the metadata, submit it to Spotify, and then Spotify puts it on platform. So whenever there's a problem with this sort of thing, Spotify can sort of wash its hands and say, well, we got bad metadata from this third party. And so the design of their platform sort of means they can say, well, it's it's not really up to us. Um, and, you know, I think in many ways, the payment model of Spotify is relevant here too. You know, certain artists who are on a level like Drake get more money per stream. Um, they get a bigger uh, piece of the pot. So there's incentive for Spotify to make sure, okay, someone's not spamming Drake, someone's not spamming Beyonce. But if you're a pretty popular artist, there's less of an incentive for them to take care of you. And, you know, it, it ha the example in my article about metadata spam is happening to really, really popular rappers. Um, but indie bands, too, just recently got spammed. So it's really across the musical spectrum. And not a lot seems to be being done by Spotify to prevent it. It seems like they pass off the blame to the distributors who are filling the platform, basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, Spotify is, you know, can be so controversial because, you know, obviously people aren't buying physical albums as much. People aren't touring right now because it's coronavirus. And when it comes to streaming a song, like you said, it's just a fraction of a cent. And and I think I've also heard people say, like, in order to it to get to a point where it is a full album sale, someone has to stream your album 2000 times to get to whatever that price usually is for an album. And so it's like artists aren't making a lot of money off of Spotify. So they're gaming the system. But I'm just curious with all these little like, you know, cheats and tricks and scams that you found along the way. I mean, what do you think it just says about the monetization of music right now? I think it really shows that Spotify is not particularly built for artists who make music that don't fit into a neat box. I mean, through Discover Weekly, the, the function, that function of Spotify, you will find artists of all different flavors. But fundamentally, Spotify as an app is not, its DNA is not, this is the place to find the most groundbreaking music. The DNA of Spotify is, I want to give you the music that you are looking for. 
And that's the big departure for me. So, you know, there is a lot of audience interest in sleep, in music to go to sleep to, in white noise, in air conditioner FX. People want that. And Spotify is the place for that. I mean, it's the one-stop shop. You got it all over. But if you're looking to find something that doesn't fall within that kind of box or something that isn't optimized for, you know, I, I, I want elevator music, they have some functions. They have an editorial team that's trying to bring that stuff to light. But the search algorithm as it is currently construed isn't really built for that. And so I think to monetize your music effectively, if you're not making this sort of clean cut, okay, we're aiming for this market of listener. Um, if you're trying to make groundbreaking music, if you're trying to push a genre forward, I would look to other platforms where their DNA is more in line with that. So Bandcamp, I mean, Bandcamp probably has a fraction, a small fraction of the user base of Spotify, but more in their DNA, I think, is trying to support artists, trying to surface music that is completely out there uh, in a way that would completely tank on Spotify. I, I mean, Spotify is a tech company at its heart and, you know, if you build an app that's not around hockey stick growth and more about let's promote the best music, you're not going to get a billion users, but you might actually support the musicians that choose to be on that platform more um, if that kind of tracks. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Because I've also heard just people like, you know, this whole idea of, of, yeah, it's a tech company, they have an algorithm. And I've heard people say like, you know, I got denied from being on this playlist, like I was being considered to be put on this Spotify playlist. But then I was told by Spotify, like the hook in my song didn't come early enough. And so again, like there's a formula that people feel like they need to play in order to, you know, game the system where, you know, I think your song doesn't count as a stream until X amount of seconds into your song. So people have to say long enough. And if you get the hook earlier, people will stay longer. And just, again, like this whole mathematical system to try to figure out you know the the quality of a song or whatever to get it on a playlist to get more streams etc so do you feel like music has changed because of spotify like the quality of music or the way people produce music has changed because of spotify i think that savvy operators are taking these lessons to heart and gaming the hell out of them which is sort of what the column is about i think normal working musicians to an artist with a significant following are thinking about these things and some are taking advantage of them and some are repulsed by it. And then like, you know, thinking this has nothing to do with how my artistic process goes. But I think the ultimate irony of all this is that there's a certain category of A-list artists that don't have to play by these rules on Spotify. You know, I'm not picking on Drake, but that's just an A-list example. I mean, there are rules internally about you can't have this many uh, songs below 10 seconds. But I'm sure if, if Lady Gaga wanted to release an experimental album of 10 second tracks, you know, they would let her do it. Or there's rules about how you can't have symbols in certain song, certain symbols in song titles. You know, I think if an A-list artist wanted to break that rule, Spotify would make an exception. But for the general pot of artists, you know, I, I, I don't think a lot of them are going to change what they're doing. I think what it's going to do is just dilute the general environment within Spotify because, okay, fine, serious artists aren't reacting to these changes, but 
people who are just there to make a buck, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to take advantage. Yeah. I've been speaking with Peter Slattery. He wrote a series on Medium called The Cheater's Guide to Spotify. Thank you so much for chatting today. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I would love to see five more ratings by the end of the week and two more reviews. Ratings and reviews and subscribing help deem this podcast worthy in the digital world that we live in. And if you can go the extra mile, please consider giving a one-time $20 donation to support this podcast at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.